Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I've really been waiting for you because today we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And last week, I taught a brand new series based on Jude verses 1 through 5, and that series was called Earnestly Contending for the Faith. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, but this is an entirely new series. It's actually part two, but you can buy it as a complete separate series, and it is called the apostate church, apostate ministers and apostate believers, how to recognize them and how to stay spiritually on fire for the Lord. My friend, we are living in the end of the age. And the Bible prophesies that at the end of the age, the church is going to go astray. How do you know if a church has gone astray? What does the Bible say about apostate churches, apostate leaders? What does the Bible really say? This is so important that Jude wrote an entire epistle about it. And that's what we're going to see in this new series this week. And really, friend, this is one you need to call and order right now or go online and remember that it comes with a study guide. And right now we're also offering you my book, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, endorsed by more than 40 Christian leaders. This is a book you need to read and read and really get it down deep inside you so that you know what you believe. You don't have to lose your mind just because everybody else is losing theirs. Keep your brain in your head. This book will help you and you can order it by going online or by giving us a call. And by the way, at the end of the program, my announcer will tell you very clearly how you can order all of these things. And please remember that if you need prayer, we're praying people and we want to pray for you. We're waiting for the phone to ring so we can begin to pray for you right now or send us an email. And when that email shows up in our inbox, we're going to release our faith for Jesus to step right into your life and do something mighty. Amen. But hey, reach for your Bible. And today we're going to return to the book of Jude, the little book right before the book of Revelation that most people just skip right over, but it is a power-packed epistle. And today we're going to review what we covered all of last week because those verses are so very important, and I want you to remember it all before we proceed. So we're going to begin in Jude verse 1, where Jude identifies who he is. And the Bible says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and kept in Jesus Christ and called. But as we saw last week, this verse is just filled with nuggets. And the RIV of Jude verse 1 is like this. Now, you can't write all of this down. That's why you need to order the series. So listen very carefully. The RIV of Jude verse 1 is as follows. Jude I'm first and foremost a completely sold-out, committed, lifelong servant of Jesus Christ. And it's true with all such servants. This means I live solely to do His will and to faithfully carry out any assignment He will ever entrust to me. I'm also the natural-born brother of James. But in this letter, I'm writing to those that are in God the Father, to those who are deeply embedded inside Him and have experienced the inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable love 
of God. I'm talking about privileged people that Jesus Christ has personally extended his VIP invitation to. And having accepted that invitation, they are now guarded, kept, preserved, and protected by Jesus Christ, who, like a soldier faithfully watching over an assignment, or like a shepherd who faithfully watches over his flock, he is faithfully guarding and keeping watch over each and every one that belongs to him. All of that really is a translation of verse 1. Then you come to verse 2. And in the King James Version, verse 2 says, Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. But this verse is so jam-packed. In this verse, you have the word mercy, which is the Greek word elios. You have the word peace, which is the Greek word arane. You have the Greek word for love, the Greek word agape, the word multiply, the Greek word plethuno. And these words are just so powerful. And here it is translated simply in the King James Version, mercy unto you in peace and love be multiplied. But listen to the RIV. The RIV of verse 2 says, mercy to you, a mercy that compels God to act on your behalf, and peace to you, a peace that brings cessation to wars in your life, closure to conflicts, removes distractions, allows the time for rebuilding and reconstruction, ushers in prosperity, fosters the rule of order in the place of chaos, and a peace that produces a calm inner stability that results in the ability to conduct yourself peacefully even in the midst of circumstances that would normally be traumatic or upsetting. Oh, I also wish for God's love to be multiplied in your life. That is, that this love escalates and abundantly multiplies in your life. That is the RIV of verse 2. Then we come to verse 3, and the King James Version says it like this. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And as we saw in last week's program, Jude had just read the second epistle of Peter chapter 2. And when he read what Peter wrote, about false prophets and false teachers emerging in the church and covertly operating in the church, Jude was so disturbed by what he read that he felt that he needed to write an epistle on the same subject and expand on what Peter said. His previous plans was to write an epistle about salvation, and he wanted to do that because his elder brother was Jesus. Jesus was his half-brother. It was his half-brother who died on the cross to purchase all the benefits of salvation, and Jude was so eager to write about our mutually shared benefits of salvation. But when he read Peter's epistle, chapter 2, he was so moved by it that he had to scrap his plans, and he decided instead to write about it, the apostate church, apostate ministers, and apostate believers. And now the RIV, well, let's read first the King James Version, Jude, verse 3. Again, beloved, when I gave all diligence, all diligence, the Greek word spodazo, you're going to see how that's translated in just a moment. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me, this word needful in Greek, the word anake, describes an urgent necessity to write unto you and exhort you, the Greek word parakaleo, which describes a commander who comes alongside of his troops to charge them to get ready for warfare, to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Here's the RIV. The RIV says, Beloved, 
I call you that because it's the only word I know to express how deeply I love and cherish you. I fully intended to write to you about our mutually shared salvation, and I was really eager to write about this exciting subject, ready to engage all my creative abilities to dive deep into all the benefits that our salvation entails. But as I was about to get started, I found myself gripped with a sense of urgency and a deeply felt need to address another subject that came to my attention. I felt someone needed to come alongside the troops to urge them to hold their head high, to throw their shoulders back in, if needed, to look the enemy eyeball to eyeball and to earnestly contend for the faith because it is under assault. God entrusted the faith to us once and for all and expects us to guard it and maintain its integrity in the same form it was delivered to us. God has given us the responsibility to impart it to others in the same form as it was when we received it. That's the RIV of verse 3. Then you come to verse 4. And in verse 4, Jude now begins to describe these sinister individuals who have wormed their way into the church and are perverting the doctrine of grace. And the King James Version says in verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But the RIV expands it like this. But unfortunately, we're now confronted with a certain category of individuals who have clandestinely, almost like a stealth operation, craftily wormed their way right into the middle of our ranks. Long ago, it was foretold and written in advance that a day would come when such individuals would show up. But in the end, Heaven's court will issue a damning verdict of judgment and condemnation on them due to their activities. I'm talking about people who were once reverent and God-fearing, but now they have lost their fear of God. These are individuals who go about altering, changing, and modifying the grace of our God into a teaching that says everything is okay and that leads to sinful living that is especially marked by immoral and indecent sexual activities along with other base instincts. And they can't claim ignorance about what they're doing because the Lord God, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, has spoken to them and warned them to get back in line. But in spite of these warnings that the Lord has given them, they knowingly are denying and walking away from the authoritative covering of the Lord. That is the RIV of verse 4. Then we come to verse 5, and verse 5 is where we concluded last week. So let's review it again. And the King James Version of verse 5 says, I will therefore put you in remembrance that though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them, that believe not. This is so very important because the false teachers were saying, ah, we're saved. We're no longer going to be judged. We've escaped all of that. And now Jude begins to remind his readers that if you do wrong, judgment will head in your direction. And he begins with the example of the very people that God delivered from Egypt. Though God delivered them, they were delivered, they were saved, they were preserved. Afterward, they were destroyed because of their lack of belief. But listen to what the RIV says of Jude verse 5. 
I counsel you to remember several things that I'm about to remind you of, even though all of this was once fully known to you in the past. First, you must never forget how the Lord, having delivered, preserved, and saved his people from their Egyptian enemies, protected, restored, and brought them back into wholeness at the time he brought them out of the land of Egypt. But after all God had done for them, they perpetually did not trust him. And he was so put off by their disbelief that he eventually decided to distance himself from them and to finally bring that unbelieving generation to an end. After all God had done for them, they remained unconvinced, unpersuaded, and faithless. They were God's people, but yet they experienced divine retribution because they remained unconvinced, unpersuaded, and faithless. Now, Jude is issuing divine warnings, especially to those who twist the doctrine of grace But now when we come to verse 6, he's going to give us another example of divine judgment that came upon angels. And remember, he has just read 2 Peter chapter 2, where Peter also describes judgment that came upon the sinning angels. But now Jude is going to build on what he has read in 2 Peter chapter 2. Listen to what Jude says now in verse 6. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Well, let's begin with the word angels. In Greek, it is the word angeloi, the plural version of the Greek word angelos, which really is the word for angels. And here, Jude is writing about angels who rebelled with Lucifer against the authority of God or the disobedient angels who abandoned their God-assigned posts when they entered into the earth's atmosphere to cohabitate with women and produce monstrous giants in the earth, which is referred to in Genesis chapter 6. What these angels did was so bad that God judged them. And the verse says, these angels kept not their first estate. The word kept is a form of the Greek word tereo, It depicts soldiers who are positioned to protect something of importance that has been entrusted to them. It normally depicts soldiers who who are charged and expected to be faithful, to guard over something that they have been made responsible for. But in this particular phrase, it has the little Greek word may, which has a canceling force. And in this phrase, it depicts a group of angels who were given an assignment by God, but failed to keep the trust that God expected them to keep, they kept not their first estate. The word first estate in Greek really points to their positions that had been assigned to them. Then it says, but, and in Greek, the word Allah is used here. It's very important. It's used here to jar and to jolt the reader. He's about to make a shocking statement. He says, but they left their own habitation. The word left, the Greek word, Apolepo, and this is so very important because the word apo, the first part of the word, carries the idea of distance. The word lepo means to abandon or to walk away from or to vacate. But when you compound the two words together, it means to abandon, to desert, to forsake, to leave, to walk away from, to totally forsake, or to vacate by leaving a post. They left, vacated, abandoned, deserted their own habitations 
The word habitations describes their pre-assigned dominions and places of principality. These were the places they were to keep. They were to watch over them. They were to stay at their posts, but they vacated them. They abandoned them. They walked away from them. Or here, the King James Version says, they left their own habitations and God has reserved them in everlasting chains, the King James Version says, under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. And the word reserved is again the Greek word tereo. And the word tereo is used to depict the uninterrupted vigilance of soldiers positioned to protect something. And here Jude uses this word tereo, here translated reserved, to portray Christ as one who is attentively standing on guard over this class of rebellious angels. And due to Christ's ever watchful eye over them, these particular fallen angels will never escape their place of detention. They are there perpetually and forever. Angels were judged. But wait, the verse goes on to say, he hath reserved them in everlasting everlasting chains. The word everlasting, the Greek word ideos, which means eternal or everlasting. And that thus, the sin of these angels, I'm reading from my notes, was so grievous that God placed them in everlasting chains, everlasting detention. And this category of sinning angels to this very moment are constrained in unbreakable chains. And the word chains is the Greek word Desmos. The word desmos described the heavy iron chains that were placed upon prisoners who languished in horrible, horrible prisons. And now that is the word which Jude uses to describe where these angels are and how they are constrained. Listen to this. It also describes any impediment that restricts one's ability to move. Well, angels were creatures that could quickly move. But this particular category of angels are so judged, they can't even move. They're restrained in one particular spot. And now we find that God, God, God has personally chained this category of rebellious angels. And it depicts the unbreakable bonds or unbreakable chains that God has put them in. God has incarcerated them in a permanent, irreversible place he has restricted their movement and physically limited them. But that's not all. It says under darkness. The word under is the Greek word hupo. It means under as under a covering or under a blanket. These angels are under darkness. And the word darkness is the Greek word zophos. Ay, ay, ay. The word zophos describes dense blackness increasing, never-ending darkness, a place mute of all light, which would be the ultimate judgment upon an angel who was originally created to be a creature of light. And now they are constrained in chains under a blanket of dense darkness, mute of light altogether, the ultimate judgment upon an angel of light. And the Bible says they're kept there unto the judgment of the great day. The word unto in Greek is the Greek word ice. The word ice carries the idea of progression, which means God has initiated a progression with these angels and he will keep his word. He will continue keeping them there until finally the ultimate conclusion, which is the judgment of the great day. 
And the word judgment here, by the way, is the Greek word crisis. It's where we get the word crisis, which means that day is going to be a real crisis for these angels who rebelled against the authority of God. And the word crisis is a Greek word which describes a decision made by a legal court, a court degree, a legal procedure in a court, which means a verdict delivered that results in judgment. And here Jude uses this word to portray a future time when the court of heaven will render a final verdict of judgment on these rebellious angels. And the Bible says it will occur on the great day. The Greek literally means on the big day, the big day coming in the future. And my friends, there really is a big day of judgment coming in the future for everyone, every class of being that has ever rebelled against God. And if you were going to translate this verse correctly, here's the RIV of Jude, verse 6. Here's another example of something you should remember. I'm talking about the angels that did not stay at the posts God had assigned to them. Instead of staying at their God-assigned posts, they abandoned their own dwelling places and high-ranking dominions that had been assigned to them. But God has not abandoned His post, and He's standing guard over these rebellious angels and has eternally put them in chains under bleak darkness unto the great day of judgment in the future. That's Jude, verse 6. It is very clear from Jude's writings in his epistle that if you do wrong, judgment will come. And in these particular verses, which we're going to see this week, we will discover that if someone has become apostate or if the church has become apostate, they may think they're going to escape judgment, but they will not. And Jude will give example after example that judgment comes to those who do wrong. But we're out of time. Listen to my announcer as he tells you how you can get today's teaching material. And please remember to let us know how to pray for you. In Rick Brenner's new series, The Apostate Church, Apostate Ministers and Apostate Believers, hidden truths are unpacked from the book of Jude that tell us many will become apostate at the end of the age as they veer from the truth. The Bible explicitly says this will occur, so we need to know how to never be counted among those who become apostate. In this brand new series, Rick clearly shows that God graciously gives divine warnings to those who err, examples of divine judgment, and His pronouncement of judgment upon wandering stars. Rick also answers the questions, what is a wandering star, and what is God's verdict upon the rebellious and upon the apostate church? This five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. And today we're also offering you Rick's book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy for $20. Rick says, I urge you to get this book because it is so needed for the days we are living in right now. In this book, you'll discover what you need to be doing to stay anchored to truth, how to discern right and wrong teaching, and how to be spiritually prepared for living victoriously in these last days. Rick will take you deep into New Testament prophecies about the end of the age and what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end-time waters. Order the series, The Apostate Church, Apostate Ministers and Apostate Believers, and the book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Friends, this is Rick Renner, and I'm standing inside what's going to be the new studio in our TV studio in Moscow. You have given to make this happen. 
And right now, as you know, prices in Russia are just skyrocketing because of what's taking place in our part of the world. I want to say thank you to every one of you that have done something sacrificial to help us buy all the materials we need to finish the interior. We need to wrap this up as fast as we can. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I want you to understand that from this spot, we're going to feed people all over the world the Word of God. It's not about a building. We're not interested in buildings. This is an anchor that is pivotal for the proclamation and the distribution of the Word of God to this entire part of the world. And it is so, so needed. And by being a partner with us and being a part of our giving team to wrap this up, every time the signal goes with the Word of God into people's private spaces all over this part of the world, God is going to credit you with part of the reward for what's going to happen because it's your signal. It's your offerings. It's your sacrifices that are helping us to do this. And when people's lives are transformed, it will be credited to your account. And I want to say thank you for everything that you've already done. Thank you for helping us wrap up phase two of this very important project so we can begin to film programs right here and get the teaching of the Bible to people that are famished for it. And I want to say thank you in advance for being a part of our giving team. Today, we've covered so much material in the book of Jude. So far, we've just covered the first six verses. But when we come back tomorrow, we're going to begin right here. But I'm offering you my brand new series based on the book of Jude. And the series is called The Apostate Church, Apostate Ministers, and Apostate Believers, How to Recognize Apostate Leaders and Churches, and How to Stay Spiritually on Fire for the Lord. We're living in the end of the age. When the Holy Spirit prophesied, many people would depart from the faith. And Jude felt dealing with this issue was so important that he devoted his entire epistle to the subject. Many people just skip over the book of Jude because it's so small. But my friends, it is power packed. And this week, we're going to unpack all of those verses. So please don't miss a single program. But we've covered so much in today's program that I know that you need the whole series so you can hear it. And hear it again, and it comes with the study guide. And please remember that right now we're also offering you my book, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The subtitle says, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. And my friends, when I flip through the pages of this book, I'm amazed. I'm so thankful that God enabled me to write this remarkable book, which really confronts all of us with what we know about the Bible, what we believe about the Bible, what we base our faith on, and to make sure we don't drink the Kool-Aid of what the world is trying to feed people in these last days, that we keep our head on straight. Please order yours right now by going online or by giving us a call. And my friend, when you become a partner with our ministry, and I want to say thank you, our partners are so amazing partners. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do as we reach out to help people all over the world with all kinds of aid and with the Word of God. That's our job. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. 
I truly believe that is my assignment, is to feed many the Word of God. And when you're a partner who regularly financially gives into our ministry, we're going to send you Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, as our way of saying welcome to the partner family, along with my book called Life in the Combat Zone. And I want to say thank you in advance for being a partner with our ministry. But I want to pray for you. Father, thank you so much. Lord, even though we're living in the end of the age, you want us to keep our head on straight and you want us to stay on fire. Help us, Lord, how to recognize the marks of the apostate church and apostate believers and apostate believers and to make sure we never go in that direction. Help us to embrace what you have to say in the wonderful book of Jude. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.